This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast, or at least one of your favourite Manchester United podcasts. I'm Wayne Barton, joined by the legendary former Manchester United defender, Paul Parker. How are you doing, Paul? I'm fine, thank you very much, Wayne. Um, Happy birthday for yesterday. Is it? Well, as everyone knows, anyone out there who's in this kind of age group, it's it's never very happy, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) I'm a few weeks away from hitting a landmark birthday and I'm trying, pushing against time itself. Um, uh, I question anybody who's jumps up and down when they when they turn 57 I really don't <laughs> if you can jump up and down at 57 that's a, that's a star well, yeah well maybe, maybe I'm quite fortunate I can do maybe it's not as high as I would like to but I'm content that I can actually get off my feet for a short space of time and then land without anything breaking down on me <laughs> uh, Talking Devils is brought to you in association with Classic Football Shirts um, Classic Football Shirts have a class range of classic shirts and, and sportswear online and in their physical stores as well um, listeners to this podcast get a 10% discount using TOTD10 at the checkout online. Um, before we begin as well, I just want to say um, a moment of support really for the Duncan Edwards Foundation um, and the museum that is in Dudley. It's run by Rose Cook Monk. Um, I can't believe... Uh, I can't believe the work she does really she works 25 hours a day down there but um, she does a great job running that museum it's not only to Duncan it's dedicated to the um, 
the victims of Munich and, and to everything Busby Babes really um, it's a stones the museum's a stones throw from the statue of Duncan in Dudley Town Centre um, the museum has been hit hard by the pandemic it's not um, it's a not for profit venture um, it's, it's a valuable part of United Culture as well um, I really do believe that so please if you, you are able please consider supporting the foundation if you just google Duncan Edwards Foundation you'll find all the information that you need um, she does an incredible job and when we are able to I do stress that everyone should get down there and, and support it and, and just see the stuff that's there because I've been lucky enough to and it is an incredible experience um, Paul, international break um not many stories to come from it apart from Anthony Martial for the rest of the season perhaps um, it, considering how things might go in, in, in the next few weeks you don't know if I mean we've been a, a podcast or I've certainly been a person who, who's been critical of Martial and this is an opportunity for us to see how good the team are how fluid they are without him and to see those criticisms that I've sort of said in the past you know that we look laboured with him and he flats to deceive too often this is an opportunity for us to see that we're um, if we are better without him in the team um, it's a a bad injury a bad time for him isn't it it is certainly because I mean at the moment he's in that position where there's been a lot of talk about him about his form and it's been people and there's been like I think people have been running their own personal kind of in-head surveys about whether he's going to be going or, or staying at Manchester United and I've actually saw one people are I think there's someone actually asked would you take 30 million for him now I think I saw somewhere Oof. you know yeah. something like that well I don't think the club would want to do that but some I think we have to be honest and say is that if United are going to go forward then they need they need to go forward with someone better than what he is someone who has, who has got the ability and wants to progress and actually is going to be more consistent in what they try and do for Manchester United. So it's not a good time for him at this moment in time. Normally, I think you'd be saying it's not good for United to be losing a, a striker, a winger at this stage in the season. But to be perfectly honest, I don't think he's, he's going to be that missed. No, really, it's often that, very little this season, hasn't it? Um, yeah. And it's a big shame because he looked last season when we were saying in the summer, weren't we? Maybe he'll kick on from this. Maybe we'll see him. Um, but then we were. I think we both said in the summer. Oh, well, you've seen him play and you've seen him score those twenty odd goals, but it, it, it still didn't seem convincing. And um, yeah, that's where we are at the moment. So he didn't play yesterday, and he's not going to be playing for the foreseeable future. Um, United played against Brighton. They won through in the end. Um, Plenty of Old Trafford struggles this season, Paul. At half-time, it seemed that might be the case again. Um, a very poor goal to concede, um, which is always the case. But when When is there a good goal to concede? But it wasn't a particularly good one. Uh, but the second half turnaround again. Perhaps not impressive in terms of quality, but in terms of getting over the line, at least, uh, despite looking disjointed. I mean, some of the passing was cut quite horrendous. Pogba made a few. There was one in the second half where Maguire hit this horrible pass out to the right and then he later on he did it again to prove that he could do it and he, he the second time it was successful but the first time there was nowhere near but I mean the passing was bad from from all of the players basically which is kind of um, it was funny how it turned out because the one good Fernandez pass created the equaliser and the bad Pogba shot <laughs> created mm. the, the winning goal um, you kind of have to give the 
players credit for turning it around, Paul, for sticking at it at least, and for finding through, uh, finding a way through. And we've criticised their inability to do it. You know, we remember those games against Sheffield United, um, you know, against Everton, Palace, um, Arsenal, at home. but recently those games against Newcastle and West Ham, United have had poor first halves, but just done just enough in the second to win it. Um, I'm not saying it's a quality to invest in in the future, but at the moment, at least, they deserve some credit for finding a way to get these wins. Um, in certain ways, I, have to, I agree with you in that way about, yes, they, they got over the line, but they didn't really find... I'd say they didn't find their way. I think the path was made from by Brighton. Brighton were Brighton had the key to their own disaster, to be perfectly honest, and in the, in the first goal they gave away to allow that to happen, to allow United back in the game. They just they lost what they had in the first half. They completely lost in the second half because they started trying to be a side in the second half, which they haven't been all season. A side who can't defend a lead. Yeah. When it come when you talk about after that initial first five six minutes where United took the game to them and it was incredible what United said. It was their best start to a game for for ages at Old Trafford. Yeah. It was like Manchester United of old, just straight away a side where they're ex- a game where they're expected to win. Comfortably, and they just went at them, and they were just—it was all happened going that way from. But then they allowed Bright. They didn't allow Bright, and Brighton just took hold of the ball, and totally dominated. And when you when you're looking at Brighton play that, you know that once they've you know once they scored that goal against a run of play, a hundred percent against a run of play, then you you watch the way they play. You you would have turned around, feather swap shirts. You'd have said that was United. Mm. You'd want United possession, progressive possession, everything was incredible the way they just cut through the lines they just got they got to that back four and they moved them all over the place by sheer, by sheer movement with and without the ball and that's and they, they, the way they move is how united should be but united can't play in that fashion united are sluggish and and to be honest they won the game being sluggish it wasn't convincing and people were come out and say we'll give it this stage of the season all the old adages will come out about it's just about winning all the stuff which I hate because Manchester United are more than just winning there's got to be more about their game than just getting over the line if you, if you talk like that then Manchester United might as well just be a, a mid-table team if that's going to what people want yeah. they should want to have more than that for their side if your side's going to you want your side to win leagues and win big cup competitions then I'll tell you what you should want to see them win it and where everyone says they deserve to win it and they love the way they play not that people would suddenly just say okay United have won and, and just watch or just listen to it behind closed doors because they don't want to watch a horror show and that's what it was it wasn't it was it was poor defensively midfield again no creativity in midfield and to be honest nothing up front it was poor up front and I'm seeing today and all of a sudden because he scored Greenwood Ollie's talking about him I've seen a few lines he said about him and I don't know why he's doing that for because the lad didn't play well it was a glimmer of little things but he didn't play well he scored the goal he had to he reacted really well to make you know improvise with a header off a poor poor strike from um, Pogba and he should just let it go there and just no, not talk about it. Be honest, really, because I think if anyone like me, I was doing a game, and anyone like me who saw that first half, we know that it was Brighton's biggest problem that cost them getting anything from that game. When they come out second half and they just try to sit on a lead, they couldn't do that. They yeah. just, and that's why they are where they are. A side that played football, 
And when you, look at, when you look at Everton and what they do, and then you look at Brighton, you see that Brighton are the better team between them and between Everton and themselves. But Everton can maybe keep a lead better than them. They're, they've got a, a better idea what to do in those circumstances, while Brighton are so naive. And, but when you look at it and you look how Sila progressed from what they were previous, you know, Graham Potter's done a great job with what he's done, as some of those players have got. You know, he's got them from somewhere, but he's made them at this moment in time into good team players and very good individuals. Yeah, they, they were impressive. Um, I thought, like you, like you there, I thought United started well, but then Brighton, if they didn't deserve the lead on the balance of play when they scored it, they deserved it at half time and they could have scored yeah. again. They could, they had a chance yeah. just before half time, didn't they? Yeah, where they could have made it too. And you know. <laughs> I, I just think that in the microcosm of this season, you look at this season for what it is and look at how poor we've been at home and how bad it has been, then at least in in the middle of games that we're, where we've been concerned, we are seeing them get results and grind results. I'm, I'm completely with you. You know, There's a great story that was told by... Um, well, it's been told by many people but the, the 2011 Champions League final where Fergie refused to play the Inter Milan way of the year before against Barcelona and just shut down shop you know he, he went for it and it, you know we weren't we weren't as good as we were two years earlier than that really you know and, and we got sort of um, shown up on the day but I'm not saying that you go kamikaze and honestly at the moment it looks like that's what Oli's going for doesn't it it looks like he's looked at this team particularly the early games and said well it's not going to be pretty those two old in midfielders but that's just going to have to be the way that we go about it for until we get to the summer basically you know it's kind of like you've got to grind your teeth and get on with it I know he's not good to watch sometimes considering the players that we've got as well you'd want to see better football but Considering where we were and what we've experienced, that maybe this is what we, this is the best that we can hope for going into the summer. Yeah, maybe, but it's all right. When you're saying that, yeah, I, I can, you know, I can see what you're, the picture you're kind of paint, um, painting, Wayne. But the, for me, it's just that, as everyone knows, when you go Manchester United and wait till the summer, everyone's going, oh no, what's going to happen? What, what's not going to happen? And, yeah. Uh, what you know, everything, all the negativity about what's going. So everyone's trying to think, right? Okay, finish second in the league this season. This season, what's going to happen next season? How are they going to get closer to Man- Manchester City? How are they going, you know, to be able to go with them and go stay with them all season? Are they going to be able to compete with Liverpool, who have had a poor season, really poor season? But you see, the other day when they played, you see little bits happen. You say to yourself, hold on a minute. Was that Liverpool of old who are suddenly getting something back now? And you think to yourself, right, okay, next season. So you start you start worrying about you start thinking about other teams how they how they're going to progress and what they're going to do in the marketplace. And all of a sudden you go Manchester United. He, everyone's going to go here. We go again. It's going to be all talk, all neg, all neg, You know, all the things are not going to happen which the press want to write about. And it's going to be a tough summer again for Manchester United before the before the season even starts, really, because I think there's going to be so many kind of disappointments of people. People are hoping. A lot of people don't want to talk about the summer yet because they they don't want to think about what you how they don't want to think about how United are going to go on from where they are at this moment in time. So yeah. it's it's a it's a worrying one, Wayne. Really, shouldn't be thinking about. It. Should be looking at this season and and thinking, oh, there's something to bounce off to go on to. But at this moment in time, you can't you can't do that. Even 
to point of when United, you know, lost, lost, you know, missed out in the league title with, with, um, with Sir Alex, and then everyone would suddenly go, okay, we know what this man's all about and whatever. Next season's going to be different, and 99.9 times out of a hundred, there was a big change. There was a reaction because he made a reaction happen. And as we've seen already, I think you know, is that when he knew he couldn't get the reaction what he wanted off the field, um, the man retired. Yeah, or, retired. or he just made big changes and yeah. swung the axe. And I think you're right, because the last seven years we're so used to hearing next season, next season. It's almost like Liverpool now, next mm. season. And the one moment, the one moment in January when it felt like, no, this season we didn't strengthen, we didn't capitalise and we've thrown it all away again. Um, but as, that's the the players, that's the, the board and some might criticise Oli for that and yeah, he's, he's partly culpable for it but I, I do see the positive, I'm still more inclined to see the positive with Oli with that and the way even like the smaller things like not making changes yesterday straight away and allowing them to to improve as they did and then making a change in it helping to, to turn the game for us um, it's like you said about Greenwood earlier I, I tend to agree you know coming out and praising Greenwood just after he scored his second league goal of the season it's a bit of a concern but then I look at it from Ollie's point of view and he's been such a good man manager with Shaw and I think he's really going to be relying on Greenwood for the next few weeks so maybe Maybe that's what he's, he's trying to do with that. Yeah, but I mean, but the, I mean, he's a young kid. He's going to be quite sharp, and have, he's going to he, even he's going to kind of go. Maybe well, what, what's going? He, do, he doesn't. Sometimes it's just to let him get on with it straight away, rather than putting him out there when everybody and you don't have to be a United yeah. fan to know that he's been poor. Yeah. Everyone will keep saying, "Oh, but he's young." It's only it's only so long that someone can be so can be young before you have to start saying, "Well." Football is not is not a game that you play until you're 70, so you kind of mature into it till you're 70. You know, it's a, it's a it's a kind of thing that you kind of get. Sport, it's a it's a it's a job where you kind of at 35, you know, you you've really in theory done your time. You're questioned at playing at 35, yeah. let alone being a superstar. You're questioned. So when you you get to a point when you're 19, and once you're kind of getting over 20. You can't keep oh, but he's young. Give him time because, really, in theory, people are not going to give you time. There's only so so far people are going to go. And and I'm getting to the point, and I've been said it. I've said it a lot of times, and people say you can't you can't put you can't compare him to him. I still look at what Ryan was doing at 19 compared to Greenwood, and people say, oh yeah, but different this and different. No, it's not. It's the same. Football, whatever happens, football is very much the same. And. When you look at Ryan at 19, completely different animal, completely different. Ryan would have had maybe 200 more touches than what Green would add. Yeah, he would have had he would have had more dribbles. Well, even of, even look at Rooney, like yeah. his involvement in a game is, is yeah is so different. And when he yeah. was 18, 19, he was. Um, I'm, mm. I'm not saying it's not going to come from Greenwood. It's just like you said, the expectations seem to have like drastically lowered. Um, maybe that helps Greenwood who knows but um, we'll see for the next few weeks anyway yeah. there's a lot of relying on him and I know that both of us do have high hopes for him it's just the um, the sort of um, premature co- coronation of him which is a bit um, a little bit concerning um, the, the games this week a shorter podcast this week guys so don't be too shocked by this um, um, the um, the 
games this week. First of all, it's Granada in the Europa League. Um, they've got a couple of familiar names in there, Kennedy, Soldado, but um, looking through the season, they're eighth in the Liga. They've only won two. They lost five of the last seven in the league. Um, just like the last two games, really, in, in this competition, United seem to be getting it, um, their opponent at a good time for them. Um, they're a team letting a lot of goals as well, Paul. Um, it should be straightforward, shouldn't it? Um, away first leg as well, so it's set up nicely for United to, because they've got to try and get an advantage to bring to Old Trafford, which means that United should should have a good opportunity to do what they associate on. Yeah, you said everything there that maybe in theory maybe you shouldn't have said because <laughs> you you suddenly made it sound like it's, it's all over and done. Yeah. We, obviously, without intending to, but yeah. it's not the way to go. You know, these kind of things they can be they can be used as a relief valve, can't they? Sometimes these competitions for yeah. teams who are having a poor league form and a lot of teams are having poor seasons because of the circumstances. United are having a poor season in comparison to a lot of seasons they've had before yeah. and when you look at you look at the game yesterday or many a game at Old Trafford and I think you turn around and you go yeah you're right but they are having a poor time at this moment they are conceding a lot of goals and expectations of everyone that United should go through and keep the Europa League alive so you know, and it's about getting the job done really in the away game that's the bit that's what he's got to do. Well, he's got to get the game done in in the away in the away leg. They can't afford to be coming back to Old Trafford in a little bit of a quandary from what's happened in the first leg, and having having to chase it at this moment in time. So, I think everyone's looking to it as a little bit of a release valve, really, after the weekend to to get and go and play, to get a game in Europe, really. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, particularly to see how he sets up in that uh, away game. Um, <laughs> never interesting to see how Jose Mourinho um, sets up, but that's the team we're going to be facing next, Spurs away. Um, we've reached a stage at Spurs where Mourinho's parked the bus and he's throwing his players under it. Um, oh. Arrived a bit earlier than expected. Um, wow. What to make of this, Paul? Because that's your childhood team and you've been a long held Mourinho sceptic and it can't be very good to see what he's um, doing down there no it's absolutely awful it's awful and again I'm sitting there I mean you know what I was like when he was manager of Manchester United and a lot of a lot of United fans were having a go at me but to be I think a lot of them are seeing what I'm seeing he, he, he ruins things he doesn't you know you, you can see you've got good players around Tottenham have got very good players and you look at how that team played under Pochettino and somehow that old adage, that new adage in with football fans now keep coming out and say, oh, we lost the dressing room when that means that really, in the state agent talk really, oh, I don't know what's gone on, but I'd, it's not working out. And But there was, there was more to it than meets the eye what happened there. But Tottenham have definitely gone backwards. Players have gone backwards. Um, they, get, they go in front and they can't keep leads. So all of a sudden you're waiting there and, and then the manager comes out and, he questions the players and I always thought if you're a manager you absorb everything you you absorb the good times but what you do is you play down the good times and you put the onus on the players but at the moment the players are having the bad times then you t- grab that and you take it off of them you don't you keep them away from it you keep them on a high because you need them to keep your job um, and it's not working out that way again for him he's, do- he's doing it again but I'll tell you what if you had a if you had a fifteen million pound a year cushion to fall on, it does make it easier for you to say what you want to say. 
We know players are, are a commodity. We know players are the strength of football clubs now. They control a lot of it. And But now managers <laughs> can sit back and fall back on lots of money if things don't work out. And maybe if that was taken away, that easy, that easy option, sacking windfall, then maybe managers might... You know, managers might react different to when things ain't going well. But as we know, there's only one manager who wants to blame the players up front in football at this moment in time. And it's just to cry and shame what is happening to a club who live off tradition, their traditions of the past in the manner in which they play football. No different to Manchester United. Yeah. No, any United fan, and when I'm talking about, I'm talking about proper United fans, not the, not the Twitter United fans, some of them are now. They know that there is a way that United have been brought to play. And you, you talk yeah. to them and straight away they'll talk about wingers. They will say that. They know the game's changed, but they'll, they'll still talk about it just because it's a, it, was a fun, it is a fundamental part of Manchester United that they love a wide player. They love them. They've got heroes who are wide players. Tottenham have got very a similar way. Tottenham love a centre-forward. They still talk about Jimmy Greaves. They still talk about Glenn Hoddle and Ozzie Ardiles. They still talk about... They're you know they're good sides like with you know and then you mentioned in your centre halves with Graham Roberts, you mentioned your fullbacks. People still talk about Chris Hewton and things like that from those times. But you, you know that's what they've got. And you don't whenever you go anywhere you don't you don't allow that to be forgotten. And it seems like be honest, Mourinho does that. He tries to wipe away things and put everything. On, on the people who are the most important people of a football club, the players, and you, and you're not going to kid fans. Fans are, and you know, are only going to go so far, and, and then they're going to go hold on a minute now. In my job, if I'm a manager, a boss of, of a certain department, and it's not going well. The person above me is going to look at me and say, on this production line, you're not producing enough for the for the bit at the end to work well. What's going on? Oh, it's all their fault. That doesn't work, Wayne, does it really? No. If, if football's meant to be a business, then as a business, as a manager, you've got to be looking at what you're doing as part, as a little bit, as, as a part of that machine. And they're not producing. Manchester United didn't produce. That's why he had to go. They were failing. They, he had to go. I, I don't never have brought into this thing, he's a winner. Yes, he, he was a winner. Football is not... A, there's only so far, so much... Hist, so far that history goes. And we talk about Sir Alex. But Sir Alex, if he was to come out and talk, you, you, most, you wouldn't know what he's won because he doesn't talk about that because he knows it's history. Someone else would bring it up and he would relate to it. But he's not going to talk about it. He's not going to walk, walk around holding up three fingers, mm. meaning that he's done a treble. He doesn't have to do it because... We all know he's done it. Yeah. That man walks around doing that, living off of that, and no, I, I, I really don't get it. And I'm, I'm shocked that how Tottenham have brought him in. Really shocked that they've gone and done that, knowing what he brings as a person and what he brings to, brings to the table as a, as with football as well. Yeah, it's been it's, a year and a half now, and um, it's going as we um, as many yeah. expected it would. It's interesting for me that politics. I think Mourinho loving more in is nonetheless somewhat interesting as a case study. And I always thought that after he left Real Madrid, um, and thinking that that would have like considering that the path of him going to United was always it felt inevitable in the post-Ferguson era, that that was an opportunity that 
or whenever he went, it was an opportunity for him to see a club that had this tradition and change his ways a little bit. Um, and then he's gone to Spurs, and he's basically just both times he's gone, no, my way is the right way. And it's just when you when you know that it didn't work at United, and then to try and do it again at Spurs, it's doubling down on this is just it is ludicrous, basically. Yeah, um, yeah but. We'll see. We we know how how to expect him um, to line up on on, on Sunday, so that's not going to be a surprise for anyone. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. It's not. And Ollie will be ready for it. Pete, they'll try and make the game into a grudge match because of what happened at Old Trafford and things like that. That's what that's what they'll try and do. But it it's not really going to work because of the current climate. It's not it's not going to work that way. There's no there's nothing there to to make it that way. It'll be sold as that, but it's it's not. It's not a grudge match. It's it's a match. It's just—it's a game of football at this moment in time, which, in theory, all they've got about it is—it is, it is a, one of those fixtures that, media-wise, people loved it because initially it was two sides who played good football. Everybody loved that. Tot- loves the t- Tottenham v Manchester United fixture. It was a, it's a big fixture in London when, in nine times out of ten, it is always a good game as well. And it's just one—it's just one of those games that people loved, loved to love to watch. And, you know, when we think about it now, there's a lot of people who, there's going to be a lot of Spurs fans watching it through gritted teeth and through their fingers because they, they've got a general idea how they're going to play and they want to watch it, they want to see the good things happen, but they're scared just in case they see something bad. Mm, yeah. that's, 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 that's what Tottenham fans are going through at this moment in time. And if we were to go, and if, it, if crowds were there and things were going the same, Tottenham fans now would be going absolutely mad. Absolutely mad because of those ones who thought the gra- looked at the grass being greener and getting rid of Pochettino. They're not saying anything at this moment in time. There's a lots lots they want to say, but they'd, they'd be worried for being called a hypocrite if they said it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and United fans can definitely relate to um, the situation that they're in at the moment. They're probably going to be a, a selection of that fan base who were uh, Mourinho's kind of managed to convince that uh, yeah. it's all about the players um, well, it's going to be interesting nonetheless to see how it unfolds even if the game isn't um, there a little bit of um, personal stuff this week with my um, book on George Best is out um, when I was writing whoever um, I talked to had a story about George and even yourself Paul um, when you first signed for United you've got memories of, of um, spending time with George yeah, I have, yeah. He, he offered me a drink and then I decided that I want to put Coke with it, so he took it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> he gave, and there's one, he gave me a lift home as a kid when I was at Fulham. Yeah. Yeah, he brought me back home because then that's when he was with Angie and she lived in South End, so he stopped off on the way to drop me off at, at where I was living, then in Rainham in Essex and... My mum got in my house. My mum was out, was sawing through the window, dropped me off in a lay-by across the road. And my mum gave me a slap round here because I never invited him in. <laughs> but it's just those things you take for granted, you know. You, 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 I didn't see him as what he was at that given time because the media coverage was nowhere like, you know, all you got to do is blow your nose as a player now and all of a sudden you're a superstar. Yeah. So, um, but he wasn't seen that way. He wasn't, he wasn't that way. So... Um, so that's the um, that's the difference between someone like him compared to people with not even a third of his ability and how they how they are as people compared to what he was like as a person. To be perfectly honest, and sitting with him with him in that Midland Hotel, 
and just being around him and watching everyone who walked through those doors at Midland Hotel and the way they were just looking at him is something that I'll never forget. And, you know, and I think to myself, is it me? And all of a sudden I realise it ain't me. I'm just an ordinary person sitting there <laughs> in a tracksuit and there's him sitting there and he would look, he would, he would look a million dollars in a black, in a, in a black bin liner. Um, well, I don't agree with you putting yourself down, of course, but um, yeah, yeah, you know what you mean about George. Um, what um, what a personality, and um, yeah, it's just incredible that everyone you talk to has got something they want to tell you about George, especially the people that um, spent time with him. I talked to Tony Gale for the book. Um, did, did you really? Yeah, he was. Let me know, Gailey, and he lives just up the road to me. <laughs> well, yeah, well, Gailey across, I got a football son, me and him were working at the same place. And yeah, Gailey, Gailey, I mean, I was a kid when Gailey was there. I was, in, you know, I cleaned it, I was his apprentice, but yes, you know, he, he, he played with Gailey. He played with um, George Best, he played with, he played next to Bobby Moore. So yeah. Gailey has actually seen it all as a young player, as an 18, 19 year old. Yeah. Possibly the only player in history, well, in English football history, who could say that he was part of a two-man central midfield with George Best, which you wouldn't <laughs> have expected Tony Gale, a renowned centre half, as he was um, Gale and Best in the centre of midfield. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he credited him with a, a lot of actually helping his game in that time, which you know says a lot about George's intelligence of the game, even at that point. You know that he can give tips on playing in centre midfield. Um, yeah, yeah, and obviously Tony speaks so well of of George, and they became. Yeah. friends in later life as well. well it was amazing how Gailey's given someone any praise to be perfectly honest because as far as he was concerned he was the best player ever Gailey I'm really <laughs> shocked by that one <laughs> I actually it's funny enough and just to close on the podcast this week Willie Morgan <laughs> said the same thing when I said oh was George the best player in the world at the time that you signed for United and he said no I was <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay all, all, with all modesty Willie uh, but that, that's the Willie Morgan that you expect really um <laughs> But yeah, that book's out this week. True Genius, it's everywhere, um, and it will be everywhere. You'll be seeing it. Um, so I really appreciate all the shares, support, and patience, because I know when I post a lot about it, people are like, oh, he's posting about it again. Obviously, it's part of what I've got to do to promote the book, but um, I do appreciate the patience from people who, who tolerate that. Um, right, that's it for this week, guys. Remember, TOTD 10 for 10% discount with classic football shirts please leave us a nice review or rating on apple Podcasts if you enjoyed the show we'll be back next week to talk about those games <laughs> how are they going to go we just have no idea um although we know what to expect from at least one of them uh, we'll be back next week stay safe stay well and thanks for listening away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.